Hello, everyone. This is Meredith with a Y, and I am your host, Meredith Willis. Today, we are going to go deep, changing lives, and I am giving you the keys to the castle. Hello, everyone, and I am super excited today because I am welcoming an amazing woman, Dr. Zabina Bassin. She is a diversity and inclusion expert and entrepreneur, recently featured in Red Tricycle, Pop Sugar, Race Parenting, Today.com, Thrive Global, and just recently, Good Morning America. Thank you so much for being here with me. I am so blessed to have you share your story and your amazing business. How are you? Thank you. Thank you. Oh, you're so welcome, Meredith. I'm so glad to be here as well. This is very exciting for me. I am blessed and I'm humbled to be on your show as well. Thank you for having me. I'm yeah. good. I'm yeah. excited. I'm tired. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I like to be honest and authentic. I'm exhausted. Forget it. I'm, I am just, I got kids and like the rest of us, we are, we're working with the ways that we are, we have been served, you know? Yeah. And I think that you're really, I mean, this isn't a fly by night thing. I mean, you, you've been doing this for a while and your family immigrated from India. So would you then be considered, we were having a discussion on one of the other podcasts. Would that make you first generation or second generation American? How does that work? So I'm considered first generation American. Okay. Yeah. Even though my parents were here in their teenage years, they weren't born here. So my dad went to undergrad and grad school here. My mom came in her mid twenties when she got married to my father. Cause they went, my dad went back and then we were all born here. And you're in Southern California. Yep. I am an OG Cali girl. There's not many of us left because they're all leaving California. (laughs) And I'll tell you, my husband would have, he'd be like, let's go, let's go. And I'm like, nope, I was born in Orange County. Well, I was born in Santa Monica. I was Mm -hmm. raised in Orange County. And now I'm living in the San Fernando Valley, which is Woodland Hills, West Hills, if anyone knows about it. But Mm -hmm. it's it's two different places in California. (laughs) So if anyone knows Cali, OC girls don't move to the Valley. And I I was one of the ones who did. But, but I'll tell you, I've been here now for over 20 plus years and, and it's life now. Yeah. It's great. I don't yeah. like the heat, but I think that's what Cali's about. So I can't get rid of it either. Hey, it's better than the two feet of snow I have outside. But, you know, the, but this is actually part of your story. You know, like this isn't just where you grew up. It actually spurred a lot of what you're doing now and how you got to where you're at within kids. And that's I-N-K-I-D-Z for everybody that's following along at home. And, and that's, you know, being an Indian American, do you can, now I know you've said when we were talking earlier, you say South Asian. So why that has come about is a lot of times when you think of the community we live in here in the United States, when they think Indian American, they think Native American. Right. And I like to respect that the indigenous people here in the United States, because that is their own culture. That is their own tribe. And I'm not Native American. I don't have Native American blood in me. I'm South Asian. South Asian, and there's also, now you have to be particular, there's Southeast Asian and there's South Asian. And Southeast Asian falls into more of Chinese, Korean, Malaysian. There's South Asian falls into Indian, Pakistan, Bangladesh. Um, There's also, I'm sorry, I got to say Malaysian also. You know, there's so many different, you know, 
like diversities of that, but it's actually, that's what I have felt that I am. I'm South Asian. Also, when you go into like your college applications, like, so when I was growing up, right, we would apply to UCLA or, or USC or the, the UC schools out here, they would say Asian. And then they would combine us with this whole group of Asians because of all these affirmative action issues and all of that. And I'm like, but I'm not that. Right. And then one time my dad said, well, why don't you just put Caucasian? I said, but I'm not Caucasian either. But I actually was classified as Caucasian. If I'm not Asian, I'm Caucasian. And I'm like, but I'm South Asian. I'm Indian. Forget everything else. I'm Indian. And I don't care if someone, I'm not that distinction of like, oh, I'm Indian, Pakistani or Bangladeshi or any of that. I I actually look at all of that as one because we were all one at one point in, Mm -hmm. in the world. Those countries became after, you know, partition and stuff like that. But, but I like my culture. I like who I am and I like to be distinguished and defined as that, you know, yes, I'm American. I'm hundred percent American. I was born in this country. My children are second generation Americans. They're actually, they're more American than I think I was, you know, because we were raised in such a cultural home. I mean, I'm trying my best to give them both, but I'm also diversifying their home. You know, I'm trying to give them everything they can get. But for me growing up as an Indian, it was, it was scary at one point. Like we, we went home and we felt home. We felt love. We were, we knew who we were. And then when we went outside, we were like, who are we? Am I, I'm trying to bring, I'm being raised in this beautiful culture, but if I express it, I'm being taunted, I'm being bullied, I'm being torn down. I'm being made fun of behind it, you know? So that story of in kids or what I'm trying to do today or how I'm trying to bring this zone of genius of, of, of as a thought leader to talk about diversity and inclusion and belonging for our children is because of the experiences I had and many of us had and I don't want to say just South Asian people I want to say any first generation or any immigrant child who was in this country there was some part of them that faced that yeah. You I was know? just talking with a woman yesterday and she was talking about we were discussing passing with talking with all of you amazing women throughout this series as I've been recording and hopefully all of you all have been listening is this idea of code switching from the house to the streets, to school with language, with dress, with everything. And then going from the house to the streets and then passing and trying to pass as acceptable, the norm. I mean, I think all teenagers want to blend, right? I mean, that's just a part of being a teenager. No one wants to stand out with the saddle shoes when everyone else is wearing penny loafers or sneakers. You know what I mean? Like we all want to blend when we're teenagers. And so what we were talking about prior and I, and I was really amazed, but it's, I don't know why I would be, is that you had that challenge in the United States, being a United States born citizen, and you were in South, you know, Southern California, and you're, you're Indian, you're South Asian, going to school with a bunch of white people, and we know everything else. But then you went to college back in India. Mm -hmm. And here yeah. we go again. So you're like, okay, boop, 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 boom. I'm going home or going like the home. motherland, right? Yeah, Everyone's like that's what we used to call it. Yeah, right. yeah. Everyone's going to look like me. I'm going right. to blend. And they said, nope. Nope. Not so much. So the distinction, I mean, that was, I think that was the, the 
eye-opening light for me that people don't accept people no matter what you are and where you're from. It, it really was. And yet. why? Yes. Right. <laughs> yes, exactly. Because that's the goal of in kids. That's the mission of what I am trying to do is to make this the norm that we accept each other just as we are. It doesn't matter where we're from. And that was the one time that I was like, okay, I'm going to India. I'm I'm a new life, a new place. I just got out of high school. I had my tormenting years. I am going to start fresh. These people are going to connect with me because I understand my culture. I know my language. Yes, I was in the south of India, but that's still, it is a different culture, but it's still, there were a lot of kids from the north of India in the college. There were kids from the United States as well. I mean, from Australia, from Kenya, because we were an international area where the medical schools were in Bangalore. And it was an international state. You have the tech companies there. You have Google there. You've got you've got all the multinational companies from around the world in this place. And you walk into the school and the, you open your mouth and the professor's like, oh, you're an NRI. That means non-resident Indian. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, there's my identity. That's it. Again. Within a snap. Again, another box. Another box. I'm 18 years old, or I was out of high school, so 17. I hadn't even turned 18 yet. And I've been now put into another box. Yeah. So from the time I was two years old, because I was my parents' child, and then I was five years old, I went to kindergarten, I was now this child. Then I went to elementary school and like, you know, and then upper grade and then junior high school. I had put it been put in a box every single time. Yeah. Whether it was my culture, whether it was my religion, whether it was my traditions, whether it was the skin color I had, whether it was the literally the physical features of my my body and my face, or it was my disabilities as being a dyslexic, I've wow. now been put into a box every time. So by from- no by no choice of your own. Not at all. This by is- not absorbing, by not taking it and making it your box and saying, I'm going to color my hair pink. I'm going right. to be this. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to have two children and become a mom. These are choices I'm making in my life. Instead, people are just and swoosh and swoosh and whoop. And you're over there and you're like, okay, now who am I this week based on your definitions of who I am and what my life is to you? Absolutely. And then I have to show up in that way. And I had to not only show up in that way, I thought that's who I had to be. Wow. I didn't find my identity. Who was I? Yeah. Forget being the the culture and the tradition and the South Asian and that you as a child growing up, start losing yourself of what do you want? What do Mm -hmm. you want to be? Who are you? Where are your, your ambitions? You have them. They're in your heart. You have your ambitions. You can do what you want. You can, but now you've been told, no, this is you. Yeah. You're the tall girl with the big, big nose, the long hair, who eats the yucky curry food, who smells, who talks funny to her parents. You know, I mean, I can go on. It doesn't even matter anymore. Right. But, but, but the point was, I'm now being put in this box and now I'm an adult in a professional college. You've done it. You've done the work. I You're did going to medical school. Right. You're I'm doing it. I'm doing everything my parents wanted me right. to do. Exactly. You're, it, this is it. This is the moment. And another box. Right. And, and so now I have to fight those prejudices and barriers. Because you're going to a medical school where they think, one, you had to pay your way in, which I didn't. Because my dad had cancer. Literally in my first year, my father, financially, we started getting strained. I had to work. 
Plus the fact that my mom wasn't just pounding and sending me money. She was, I had to educate myself and get through it. So yeah. the, there's all these, this perception or predisposition within these professors and these students that you're from America, you have money, you're doing, and there was none of that. Or, or it was, you think you're better than us. Yeah. And they haven't even gotten to know me at this point yet. This was to the, so when you go through your exams now and you're doing in India, it's the very British way of teaching or the European way, which is you have a curriculum, you do essay formats, which was already difficult for me because I'm dyslexic. So they don't even believe in dyslexia over there. Um, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> forget that. So I'm, I'm, I'm having to overcome those barriers. And then if I'm going in and speaking, I now have to change myself for them. I cannot speak to them like this because I talk too fast. Mm-hmm. I have to change the way I speak to change my twang or the way I, my dialect was or something language wise. I understand, look, I'm in their country and I'm in that country that I have to be part of that language. It's the same way here in the United States, we appreciate everybody else's. Well, some of us appreciate other people's languages. But what do we say? Well, you're in America. You should learn English. Well, English really didn't come from America guys. It came from Europe. Right. Let's remember that we've turned into an American language. Yeah. You know, English is proper. English comes from Europe where we, where our ancestors in this country really came from. That's the truth. There's a dialect. Our dialect is American. There's a European dialect. There's an English dialect. There's an Australian dialect. There's even a Jamaican dialect, you know, it's right. English isn't, is, is, is a world language. It is not just because you're here, you know, but see that's yeah. And what you're, what, when I'm watching you, you talk about all of this, I'm literally watching boxes in kids boxes coming into the house into the school and going nps here's another dialect and here's mm-hmm. another where this came from and this is actually normal and pay attention and here comes another box of very normal things because what you're trying to do is to make inclusion a normal part of everyday life starting from age 0 And incorporating this into your household or school by bringing cultures in. I mean, for some of us, we are, I mean, I've been fortunate with my oldest daughter. We've traveled to India last year. I I know. (laughs) I mean, but, but let's be honest. When I was in a math class, you know, at university and my teacher was South Asian. And I would just sit there and stare and look at and listen to the language. And it's so foreign to my 19 year old ears. And it's just so different. And I have no tolerance for it because I'm just a dumb 19 year old who's never been exposed to this before. And then I Google best places to go first week of March and India comes up. I'm like done. And now I'm obsessed because I put myself into that box, my in-kids box of travel. I love it. It's true, though. And now, like, my husband probably is panicked because I'll say, like, oh, I'd move to Varanasi tomorrow. Like, I'm obsessed. Like, I literally love the people. I love the culture. I love the way the religion is literally part of every minute of your day. There is no separation of society from religion or government from religion. It is all spiritual. It is all encompassing. It never leaves you. Everything, everything. Well, is that's spiritual. Varanasi. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That is for sure. Varanasi. Yeah. And so, and I mean, 
if you go to Delhi, it's New York City. So, right. you know, <laughs> I mean, you know it's, it's funny you say that. That is actually very true. We compare the cities in India to the cities here in the United States where we could live. Like Bangalore is right. a lot like LA. That's why I love <laughs> being there, honestly. Right. So you compartmentalize. But if you explain it like that, people will be like, you know, I don't want to have religion. Okay, then go to New Delhi because it's totally different. But the thing of it is, is when you go outside, like, she she and I went for Girl Scouts to England and Paris. And I was just talking to a gal yesterday. I'm like, when you go to England and we were there for a while when we did the whole gamut of the trip with the Girl Scouts. And I was like, oh, my God, the dogs don't even bark here. Like, it's so quiet and reserved. Like, it's the most <laughs> reserved. And we were told by our Girl Scout leaders, they were like, look, you know, like yelling out and being boisterous, they don't go for it. It's not like you will be side-eyed if you're boisterous in in London. So you need right. to be reserved. There's no screaming or, hey, wait for me. It's none of that between all of us American folk. And so, but then you can appreciate, you get it, you understand it. You see the people, the language, the food, the drink, the how a pub is important in these, in these... And it's not just going to a bar and then you go to India and how that those things are and in kids is bringing that when you cannot travel. Yes. When, when or, you might or not you don't wanna... have the ability to travel. Like, right. OK, so so we we started this in the process in time that we didn't actually think COVID was happening. Honestly, right. we what we launched when we had already started the idea in 2019, we were already prepping for it when we launched two weeks before COVID, we didn't realize that COVID was going to occur where nobody could travel anymore. Our thought process initially was, okay, we're giving the children an initial idea before they travel, giving them the respect to understand it. What happened was as we started going through the process and doing our research and talking to parent ambassadors and, and, and talking about what's happening in the classrooms, what's happening, because I already knew my story you know, and I didn't know I was going to bring my story out. Like there's a founder story. There's a story of the, of the business, you know, of the brand. And I didn't know I was going to bring my story. I knew why I wanted to do this because I was doing it for my own children already across the board before we even launched in kids. Yeah. And it was also just teaching my children to be empathetic towards other people. That's really where it came from is wow. I want you to be empathetic and accepting of every individual as they are. No judgment, no making fun of them, no bullying them. And if you see someone doing it, you step in, whether it's going to a teacher, whether it's coming to me or whether it's saying something like, don't do that. That was my goal. That was it. As I've started researching and educating myself and doing you know, all the medical research that I've done anyways, but even doing more on it now and understanding the psychology behind children and what's going on, then the boxes started evolving, the reasons by it. And everything you've said is exactly what we're doing. Yeah. Here's your box. You, here's the, the, the country. Here's the language. Here's the crafts. Here's what other kids in those countries do. Yeah. And then when they go to school, they're like, oh, you're from here. I know about you. I know what, 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 and, and then wanting to learn more. And even if they never go to those countries, there's a kid from it. South Korea uh, is sitting next to them at school or not even from South Korea, South Korean descent, right? That skin color, hair color, you know, whatever food, right. the distinction features that they don't, they're not used to within their own homes. 
Exactly. And and then let's take it a step further. Okay. You have younger children and the story just happened. And I don't remember if I told you this or not, but my daughter is five and a half. We have our little pod here where it's my best friend and her two kids and then my kids and her son. And we've all seen each other grow up literally since we, these kids were born. Mm. And so she saw her son wear glasses for the first time. So we're now talking about inclusivity and belonging and making sure that they understand it's not just culture, tradition and features and race and, and the color of your skin. It's also other things, which is she noticed he's wearing glasses. And her comment was, I mean, we were sitting at the dinner table, all of us, it was both family sitting and she goes, Oh, you know, Leo, I'm so sorry. You're wearing glasses. And I said, Whoa, there's nothing wrong with glasses. Why do you think it's wrong to wear glasses, Mara? And we went into that conversation because this was the first time I heard her say something where she's now understanding that I have to respect people, how they are and what they're doing. But now we have to understand these children at this age. Now we've hit five. We're not talking about the two-year-olds and the three-year-olds and four-year-olds. We're hitting the five, six, seven, eight-year-olds too, which our boxes actually are are drawn towards as well. That is the age group Mm -hmm. because she's recognizing different than just her physical features now. Somebody's in a wheelchair. Somebody sleeping on a bench. Yeah. Somebody she walks by and she's like, oh, I don't understand that smell. Yeah. These are the things that now we're going to start because what is bullying? It's nothing but all the stories we've heard of, of handicapped children, autistic children being bullied by other children. For what reason? Because they don't understand them. Right. So where does that start? Me, mom, dad, right. parents, grandparents, uncles, aunts, anybody who has a involvement with that child has to be a leader to that child and tell that child what is the right and wrong. Now I can't change everybody, right? We can, but try. I can give you a platform. <laughs> I mean, I guess we I could, oh man, my girl, we'd be on a different platform right now. <laughs> That's next, right? <laughs> yeah, right. But if I can give you a little bit to say, let's do these questions. Let's do these answers. Let's talk about it this way. Let's, here's my play through learning advice to you. Here's what we're doing. Here's what's succeeding. Let's do these things as those adults in these children's life, in the gen a life, in the ones that are going to be our leaders in another 20 years and 30 years where the norm and standard will be not to talk about diversity, inclusion, and belonging, because it's the life. That's what we do. Right. Right. And so, so that conversation triggered the fact that I need to start talking to her about this stuff now. Yeah. You know, even though I know I need to, I just, I was looking for her, her initiation for that, you know? Right. Cause you don't want to point it out and go, see those glasses. Those are different, but they're okay. And that's, right. you know, like you, it, it has to be very fluid and normal and, and all that. But when I'm listening to you talk, you know, and you are a child psychiatrist, psychologist, psychiatrist, psychiatrist, I'd say by trade, but by career path turned entrepreneur. And when, what I'm listening to you talk and watching all of these things happen inside of a child's brain, as we have these conversations from a psychological point of view is we're literally planting seeds of love and acceptance instead of hate and exclusion and fear. And when we don't have these conversations, fear, exclusion, mistrust, hatred is, is fostered. I mean, we really need to understand that we are literally programming because that's what this is. We're programming our children for a space of love and inclusion and acceptance versus where we as white Americans 
you know, and, and, and any color, I guess, any, any place we have, we are programmed to be fearful of the other. It's a win lose. Mm -hmm. But if we, if we take our children right now and go, look, I want to make you the most loving, accepting, kind, healthy, Mm -hmm. happy, because when you're, when you're accepting and and you're healthy and you're happy, you're, I mean, you're a healthy, well-rounded person versus fearful and yeah. And, and I think, I think one other piece to that is, is, is how does that happen? How, how does that fearful? I, okay. Look, I don't think it's innate. First of all, I think what happens is it comes from not having your questions answered, not having the conversations happen. So a child isn't fearful or something unless they express their fearful. And then you need to sit down and be like, okay, let's talk about this. Mm-hmm. Or you, they're not initially fearful, right? A child doesn't come and say, Oh mom, there's someone sleeping on the bench and he's going to capture me or he's going to do something. It's, right. it's, 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 it's this discovery of like, Oh, what's that? Yeah. Now the opportunity comes as us as adults to have those conversations. They're not easy conversations. I'm not saying they're going to be, mm-hmm. but they are, and we're not going to have all the right answers, but they are the the stepping questions to not having these fear, hatred, all the other things you were saying, because they're going to go to their peers eventually. Yeah. And when they get to that point and we haven't had these conversations, they're Good not going to distinguish the difference. Yeah. I tell parents that all the time about sex. I'm like, you really don't <laughs> want your friends. I'm not there yet. <laughs> yeah. You, you really don't want your kids' friends to be telling your kid about the birds and the bees. Like, trust me, right. you want to, you want to get out ahead of that <laughs> as soon as you possibly can with some good literature, but it's the same thing. It's, it's our values and how we implement that in our children's lives right. through the, through dinner talk, through experiencing it and going, Hey, that's okay. Like everyone's different. You wouldn't like someone doing this to you and really allowing that stepping in someone else's shoes situation. And so within kids, I know that it's like a subscription box. Can you explain the, if you're a person that's buying this or a school who's interested? Okay. So there's, there's a few parts to it. If kids, you know, we, we launched as a subscription company, we're still a subscription company, but we had to pivot because of what's happening within the world. Not everybody can commit to buying a subscription, you know? So all our products and boxes are on sale all the time. We have an availability. You can buy one box, you can buy a bi-monthly, or you could get an annual subscription. There's obviously savings to other pieces of it, but there's also products. We've actually now taken some of our boxes and made smaller boxes. So they're not the price point of the $49.99. They're at the $29.99 price. Um, And then we take even the pieces out of the box. Like, so if you just want the puzzle or if you want the book, you know, we've done that as well. So that's, that's the first part of InKids to help the families to have an piece of all of it to create a marketplace for diverse toys and products. And with all the different products that we're going to be coming out in the next two to three years, we're going to have a line of diverse toys as well. And the second part of your question, I just missed the school. (laughs) Like if if someone's listening to this and they want this in their school, I'm actually working with this. I'm trying, I've worked with a few schools. We're creating some curriculum for the schools as well. But what we want to do with the schools is through the teachers because teachers create the curriculum in the classroom. 
I know the districts and the state have the curriculum. Private schools are very different. Montessori's are very different. We have an availability to work with all. We're actually going to be working with, you know, the Boys and Girls Club soon to try to help the after school activities for this. But with the schools, I think through our teachers and our teacher ambassador program is the best way for us to get to the students. So a teacher signs up for the teacher ambassador program. I have a chief education officer herself. She's a PhD and she's a doctorate and she's actually a doctorate within primary education and special education as well. And so she is the one who then interviews the teachers. We look at the reasoning behind why they want to do it because it's so easy to say, Hey, I'm a teacher. I want the discount. I want to get it. <laughs> I want the teachers to work with us because yeah. I, we also customize boxes too. So let's say a teacher comes to me and says, I'm going to talk about these, you know, I'm a world history teacher. I'm going to talk about these. Can we work together? And not even if it's not at the $49.99 price point, we can create and cultivate boxes at a smaller price point. These are the pieces I need. I need these items, a sensory item, a book, and we'll create that with the teacher. But what the goal for the teacher is, is to get all of their students to get on a discounted purchase, either a subscription or whatever box we're looking to do with them. And then the teacher gets the benefit of it because she'll get the box for free. And then I want to help her because look, my mom was a teacher for 40 years. Wow. They don't get help. Yeah. And there, I remember my mom getting, and I cry every time she used to get gift cards. She used to get, you know, like going by the school supplies. And, and she was, she was a high school teacher all the way to a special education, like to, to students who were, you know, handicapped. She would go to their homes if they wouldn't come to school Wow. and she would take the stuff and teach them. I mean, look, my mom, Hey, she's still my mom. I fight with her. She's, she's my mom. <laughs> right? But I have a lot of admiration for her because she did a lot. She yeah. did a lot. And she doesn't, we don't sometimes, we forget to sometimes say our parents do a lot. And when I look at her life and I saw what she did, she really brought diversity and inclusion to my life. And that was one of the reasons I wanted to do the teacher ambassador program. Because I think giving back to our teachers and helping them financially, as well as them then going forward and helping their students, what else could they do? So what we do is every time they sell a box, we create the percentage of it. And either if they want a gift card or we want to buy school supplies, we'll try to help them in that way. And that's what we're trying to do. So again, we're still really small. The goal is to help a lot of people, (laughs) but- But this is our first step to help those teachers. And that's how we can get into the schools. Because it's really, it is very difficult to get in districts. And I don't know every state, but I know LAUSDs, which is the one I've been trying to focus and get in. It's hard. They have their curriculum. Well, they just passed a huge education bill in Illinois with regard to diversity and inclusion and teachers have to be really a part of the one-on-one process with every student. So maybe that would be a great place to kind of, even though it's not, it's not right next door, so to speak, but you know, they're already there and they're probably looking for that type of thing. I mean, when you're sitting here talking, I'm like, okay, I see this as being like one of those, instead of having it be transformers, there's a whole aisle at target and it's a diversity aisle so that you can just go right to the diversity aisle. Oh my God. Your words to to the universe's ears. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I see it because isn't that the thing though? We really want that one-stop shop. We want to be able to walk in, pull the items that make sense that are appropriate for what we're doing. If we're maybe we're going on a trip to Cosmel 
or, you know, or yeah. Punta Cana or whatever, or whatever, you know, and we want to be able to grab a few items and surprise the kids that were going on a trip and, and help them to move forward with the trip. Or maybe there's a new kid in school. Cool. Yeah, who's, absolutely. Who's, and that's what our know, goal whatever. is also in kids outside of our products. I want to create a marketplace for all companies. And again, it's all in the works. It takes time. Everything, yeah. you know, we were just talking about how I want to do so many things. So, blinders, like, blinders, blinders, look away. One thing at a time. And, 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 and he's like, I'm a zone of genius. You're right. Keep yourself in that. Yeah. And, 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 and he knows that this is all part of it. And I guess my biggest superstar and my biggest backbone is my husband. And without him, none of this would be possible. You know, it is to have this place where we have diversity to do I want to be in Target and do I want all diverse toys of all companies to be in there? Heck yeah, I do. Right. Or Walmart or or even Nordstrom's at that point. You know what I mean? Like a spectrum. Maybe that's where we'll start. High end. I, I got, I, High end, smart, <laughs> intelligent toys. Right. right. Yeah. And, and, and it's not even just a section. It's it's like it should be spread. Again, if we're gonna do things and be like, oh, this is the section for diverse toys. Well, there you go. You've now pocketed and put it into another box. Right. You know, yeah. Barbie recently and Mattel, they were actually one of the highest sellers. I think I heard that I read this article this year and if I'm mistaken about it, but on their toys, cause they changed all their Barbies to look inclusive and diverse. Mm-hmm. And they did such a good job of it that I was surprised. I mean, yeah. I had to read an article from Forbes to, to, to recognize that, but no, somebody sent it to me in a DM, but it was amazing to see that, but that's the point. They didn't put it in a box and say, Hey, this is our diverse section toys. Yeah. They may have had people in there saying, let's create this. Let's do this. They have, that's why at our top levels, if we have equity and, and uh, sorry, equity and diversity in our, our workforce, then it's going to trickle all the way down. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you it's know? funny because it trickles up and it trickles down. So we have to come at it from both angles. You know, the candle needs to burn at both ends for this to work. And I know my circle and, you know, circles around and people of color, this has been a rough four years, you know, no matter what your political beliefs are, no matter what side of the aisle you're on, absolutely. regardless, it's been a very tumultuous. It's torn families apart, torn families apart. I will tell you, people are getting divorced over the last four years. People are losing friendships, families, like blocking, you know, I will never speak to you again. And I will say though, with all of that, if we can just kind of pause with love and gratitude and look at that and say, yes, it's been rough, but look where we're headed now that we're all kind of holding hands and like it, you can't ignore it anymore. We've ignored right. it for a hundred years <laughs> plus, plus, plus. And it's now it's, we're not going to tolerate it. This is what, this is what ignoring it and sweeping it under the rug has gotten us. This is what making, you know, Latino, you know, Asian, black, Caucasian boxes has gotten us. And so it's time to train our children up in love in, in a win-win society where we're all richer because of the diverse. We're all richer because of inclusion. We're all richer because of education. And, you know, and, and I talk about that all the time. Like, just because you're a Christian and learning about Judaism or Hindu or Muslim, you don't wake up one day and become Muslim. 
You know what I mean? Like, I love that. <laughs> education is not going to warp your white children's brains that you're going to like lose your, you know, whatever it is that you're in fear of by, by exposing children to these diverse things in the world. And P.S. They're going to go to college one day anyways and be exposed to everything. And they're going to go in the real world and get outside of the suburbs or, you know, the rural era area. And you're going your children are going to be exposed to the real world. And this is going to help them, you know, because when I'm looking at this, I'm like, okay, what is going to let a white person know that this is beneficial to them? Like, how do we make it their idea? (laughs) How do we trick them into it? And so I look at it as like, how do we talk white people into this being a good idea is your kid's going to fare a heck of a lot better when they go off to college or they get a job at New York city. If they're not completely freaked out by everyone that doesn't look like them, like you're doing your children a disservice by not helping them. Let's back up just a little bit. Let's go before they hit puberty. College already. What the goal initially is. Okay. And again, this comes back to my story, right? Okay. You want kids to go to school to feel like they want to go to school. Okay. They want to go to school to meet their friends. They want to go to school to educate themselves. They want to go to school to have fun. They want to be eight hours a day with other children. Cause we know now in this pandemic, it is heartbreaking when your children are sitting here going, I want to get out of the house. Right. Okay. But when you send a child to school and they come home and they're anxious and they're, and which we already see through the pandemic, but we're now being affected by another child affecting this child. Okay. We don't want that. And I'm not blaming the child who's bullying the child either. I'm not blaming the child who's attacking the child or making fun of the child. I'm saying, let's avoid those confrontations. And I know the teachers have a lot on their plate. And I love that Illinois state is doing that. And I think every state should do that. And I think it should be teacher training across the board, which is what I want to do. I want to go in every state and every district and every school and say, teachers, let me show you how we do this in your classrooms in the simplest way where it doesn't take up all your time. Right. And you don't have to be part of everybody's things. You simply have to do five steps to make sure your kids are seeing each other equal. Yeah. And honestly, I can't remember her name and I wanted to talk about her, but my brain is, she was in the sixties or seventies. She was the Caucasian woman who was talking about separating brown eyes and blue eyes. Oh my yeah, God. The, I yeah. I know who you're talking about. I I can't can't think think of her <laughs> She's one of my mentors in my yeah. world. I don't know her, but like she's I've a heavy hitter, studied yeah. her. I've, I've learned from her. I've it's that simple. You know, she's done this project for over 35, 40 years. Pin drop, right. You can hear a pin drop with those kids. They get and it she's within done one it second. College students. Yep. She's done it in, in, in schools. She's done it with teachers. She's done it with adults. And it's so simple, but it's starting with that in kindergarten. We start with, yeah. and they start feeling those feelings of, oh, empathy. Yes. Empathy. And so, so before they even hit puberty and then they go into the workforce and, and, and we create this norm, it's getting our parents, our adults, our teachers, our administrators all to understand that we need to do these simple steps to create this atmosphere. So our children go into the world to be global citizens, empathetic and kind individuals. Yeah. Look, people are going to confront each other. They're going to have confrontation. I'm not saying fight, don't fight, don't, there will be issues. But if we already have a base for them to be good human beings, 
and we're raising the, I, I'm not questioning any parent. Parents have a lot on their plate and we're right. I'm not even talking about the pandemic. I'm talking about in general, we do, we are all doing the best that we can. My parents did the best that they can. They made their mistakes. I'm trying to do the best thing. Nobody gave me a book to say, here, this is how you become a parent. This is what right. you do. But I'm trying to help give some type of steps that could help us. And I'm also here to learn from everybody. Yeah. Because I don't know everything. I could read all the books I want. I could listen to all the articles and audibles and podcasts and now clubhouse that I want. (laughs) So overwhelming. (laughs) I know. But but I have to learn too. And I'll tell you, even when I do things, it's my husband who's like, whoa, are we supposed to have that conversation? Is this what we're supposed to do? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe this is not the right way. I mean, it's simply the things children look at things so much like my daughter. And this is, this has happened in the last couple of months. Look, wine was my friend during the pandemic. (laughs) I do not deny that. Okay. (laughs) But my daughter recently has started noticing it. And she's like, mom, you're drinking again tonight. (laughs) Darker cup, no (laughs) see-through. But, but that's, what am I right. wanting her to learn? I don't want right. her to think, oh, I want to hide it and drink it. I'm going to go, honey, it's, I'm having a casual drink. But I also don't want her to see, is this something I do to secure myself to have a drink because I'm stressed or I'm frustrated or right. all that. That's something I want her to grow up to enjoy what she wants to enjoy. If she doesn't want to drink, she doesn't want to drink. Right. My mom didn't drink, you know? Well, she said she didn't. We heard we- <laughs> <laughs> She won't admit it though, but, but my parent, my father did. Yeah. She didn't like it, you know, but, but that's not the point. The point is it's coming back to what do they see? Right. What are they recognizing? What are we wanting them to see? And what do we want them to learn? And that's the steps I'm taking. And I'm starting within kids. I'm doing the speaking. I'm tr- trying to get into schools. I'm actually getting into schools and, right. and, and, and lunch and learns and teaching them what I can do to get you to then go back to your classrooms, to your homes, to your nieces and nephews and to your, your children to say, okay, let's do this simple, small steps. That's all we need. Yeah. And 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 honestly, it's, it's a, it's a plus plus for everybody. It's a plus for your kids. It's a plus for my kids. And, you know, and, and we all need to be having these conversations because my children affect your children, your children affect my, we are all, we are global. We might want to compartmentalize and just be the United States, but we're not. And we have to understand that we all affect each other in positive and negative. And I'm just so impressed by what you have been able to accomplish. I mean, from, you know, just living it and then saying, but how do I implement this into a business into a teachable moment, as we say, you know, in, in life. And, and I mean, you're taking the world by storm. I mean, you're, you're everywhere. You're literally everywhere right now. I mean, I don't when, feel like that. I wish I did. Well, when I'm sitting here reading this, I'm like, holy red tricycle today. Good morning, America. I watched her. I just shared your spot on good morning, America. Oh, I'm like, this woman's you. on fire. Like she's well, taken it. You know, honestly, I, I, it was uh, when this initially all started happening and, and, I was telling my husband and, and we were talking about it. And, you know, when I was 
told, okay, you're a DEI expert. I'm like, what? I'm a what? I'm, I'm an expert? Who? Do I have to change the plumbing? <laughs> like what? DIY? Right. I was like, um, okay. And, and then, you know, the educator in me also was like, okay, I got to go get educated. I got to get certified. And so I'm going to Cornell and I'm, I'm doing all the certifications. And my husband's like, oh my gosh, what are you doing? You need to just know, you know what you know, and, and just yeah. tell your story and put it out there and, and give kids that stuff they need, give parents what they need. And, and, and even though I'm still doing it, he's, <laughs> he's like, how much does this cost? Yeah. Right. He goes, wait, <laughs> Pretty wait, sure you're what? an expert before, before we spent that money. I, I, no. I, I yeah, where we were good before, but, but I mean, but honestly, like the story is the story, you mm-hmm. know? And, and I said that in that recently in a podcast is if, if I didn't look like me, I wouldn't be able to present it to the people that I need to present this to. I needed to be this person. You needed to be that person. Oh, we are, all of our pieces are so important. Right. And, and my story, you know, I had, uh, it's those awkward conversations yep. that you can't have. And who is it? It's the awkward conversations with the black man. Like, honestly, I want to have that. Like, I want that television show, the awkward conversations with the colored woman, right? <laughs> because, because I want women like, you know, and, and it doesn't have to be a racial conversation. It's, it's, it's a conversation conversation, you know, like I'm having with you, or I'm having with a Asian woman, or I'm having with a African American woman, or I'm having with, with a Native American indigenous woman, or even a a man at that point. But these conversations that are awkward, they're like, I want you to ask me those questions, because I'm going to tell you how it feels. Yeah, I want you to ask it to me, because that's when our children will ask it to us. Yeah. And then guess what? we're going to actually give them knowledge to do that. And, you know, I've, I've already manifested it. There will be that show, the awkward questions with a, <laughs> a woman of color. I'm literally, that's, <laughs> but that's, that's what we, you have to do. You had to be you to do this, to bring us women onto this platform to say, hey, world, we're doing something. And I want to have it with you because you're going to take it to all those women who look like you, all the people who look like you to say, this needs to be the standard and norm. It's not working you know? anymore. Yeah. And I don't want to create it into a bucket. Please don't think I'm trying to say into a box, like, okay, you have to take, but yeah, no. you have that platform to do right. that. Right. And that's what it is. And that's the importance part of it. And that's how we're going to get rid of this word of diversity has to be here. And it should be the norm. It should be the standard of living. We yeah. accept each other out. It's not like, oh, we need to have a diverse C-level. We need to have, you know, one diverse person in the board of directors. No, we need to have an equitable, diverse, and inclusive everything, period. Yeah. That's Instead exactly of checking boxes and putting people in boxes and quotas and all that stuff. That's what I, I posted something that just came to me this weekend. It was like, if history, if American culture was taught with equality we wouldn't learn so much during February about African-Americans because we'd already know who they were. Hold on. We wouldn't even, it's not even that. We shouldn't, we shouldn't have a black history month. We shouldn't have a, a women's history month. Right. This should is be history. History. <laughs> yes. That, those words should be history. Done. Every month should be January, February, March, April, May. Right. Every day is a celebration of everything. Why did we do the America box? Because we wanted children to learn about uh, the American, African-American history beyond what they learn in school all the time. Right. Not just February. And that's what I'm emphasizing on. 
is that this education has to be going on throughout their lives. Our parents nowadays, they're like, oh, we should teach our children Mandarin. We should teach them Portuguese. We should teach them Spanish. So they'll be better international relations. They can get six-figure job salaries in multinational companies. Great. Teach them about the culture too. Teach them about those people. Because you're just going to make them, you're not going to make them appropriate. You're not going to let them, it's not even appropriation or appreciation. You need to teach them the empathetic, being empathetic to those people because that's their language. Right. And it's nothing wrong with that. No, but teach them more about it. More about it. Yeah. 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 No, absolutely. But you want them to be rounded individuals, not just in language. Yeah. Well, I know that you have to pick up your child from school in five minutes. I keep going. Well, I, I mean, yeah. I, as I, I'm I, like looking up to like check our time and I, and I've already kept you so long as it is. No, and I, no. but I like, I mean, we could literally just sit here and do this dance because it is <laughs> delicious to be able to have a conversation with well, like-minded no, people. Just, it's fun. It's fun <laughs> and it's exciting. And, you know, like I said, in my first episode, we're, we're each moving little stones to move the mountain and it takes, you cannot eat the elephant all at once. It's one bite at a time. And we're doing it one bite at a time, one conversation at a time. We're showing people hopefully how it's done, where they can go, the questions they can ask, you know, DEI. These are not just going to be buzzwords. This is, this is a real thing that should be happening at companies and schools and daycare centers and in your own home. Like, And so I just am so thankful for you being here and sharing in kids and your story and your family and your daughter and all of your craziness in your life. And, and I just love it so much. I do want to say one thing and and I, I, and then I, I tend to forget to say this a lot is for a long time, we've accepted the norm that we avoid talking about race and diversity and culture and equity and equality and inclusion. And we as a society have become blind to these topics. They're just like, we, we move over them, you know? And now we are recognizing what in the last five, 10 years publicly, that these are topics that perpetuate privilege and prejudice. And it, it, these are, I don't wanna say these are buzzwords, but these are the, the words that children are gonna start hearing now. These are the next step of the words. And this is the boiling point. I mean, for me, at least it is. And, and, and this is why, this is a pl- there's no place anymore room for justifications and explanations. So it is the time now for like true change and tolerance and acceptance. And to do that, we all have to work together. All we of us. all have to work together. Yep. Absolutely. Well, thank you so very, very much. I appreciate you being here, Dr. Zabina Basin, which by the way, last night at about 3 a.m., I had renamed you Dr. Diversity, just so you know. I've got, no, I've got Dr. Z, Dr. Diversity. Dr. Z, Diversity in the house. Oh my God, I got to write that one down. <laughs> but thank you so much for being here. I so appreciate your time and everything. And I will see you at clubhouse and everywhere else. I'm sure I'll see you on TV next week sometime. So if you're you're a teacher, look out for her stuff. And if you're a parent, check out her boxes and her products and let's bring some more love into this world because our voices have to be just as loud as theirs are and, and spread more love than anything and fear. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening. If you would like to connect on a more personal level, head over to MeredithWillets.com or on Instagram at Meredith with a Y for behind the scene footage and outtakes. 
please subscribe and come back each week for more Meredith with a Y. Thanks again for listening. Cheers. Cheers.